Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Radio Keys presents the Rock and Roll Review. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever podcasting app you choose to use. And if you can, do us a huge solid and lend us a five-star review on either iTunes or the Apple Podcasting app. Also, you can find us at Radio Keys Music on Instagram or on our website, RadioKeysMusic.com. All right, get ready for the sounds of Sleepwalkers. What is up, Emily? We're back here at the Rock and Roll Review. Hello. It's been a been a while. So it, it feels, feels like it's been a while. It's been about two weeks, I think. Yeah, well, we pre-recorded the last one because you went to New Zealand. Yes, and we're back. And two days we've been back and still kind of jet-lagged and feeling weird, but it's good to be home. Don't with just the skip all the way to getting back weird from New Zealand. Cats. <laughs> tell me, tell um, us a little bit about New Zealand. Uh, it's really beautiful. Lots of hills and water and greenery and really friendly people. And they have a big barefoot culture. That's the barefoot culture. takeaway. Uh, two of my They're favorite, all hobbits is what Two of my favorite say. things. Um, well, one of my favorite things um, that I've never seen anywhere else in any other country is that when you... This happened to me. We went to a like a pub that was doing jazz or whatever. Um, so I went to the bar and I was like, "Can I have a Sauv Blanc?" And they were like, "Big or small?" <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> so basically, at all the restaurants, they have a small glass of wine, which is to us a normal glass of wine, and then they have a big <laughs> option, like a large option. Dude, that's what's And up. it's like a glass and a half of wine. So I was just like, "This is out of control, you guys." And then they have a bottle, so you'll see three prices on each. Uh, You've seen like those gla- those wine glasses or whatever. It's just like a wine glass on top. It's just like a bottle on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's just trashy pours. It's like what I pour for you here. Um, yes. And then my second favorite thing um, is all the fucking birds. There's so many birds. Dude, that would be my favorite. You would love I it. Love There's birds. so many birds. Like we went on this insane hike. Um, Carrie and Mario were like amazing hosts, and they took us to, like all the beautiful spots because Mario's from New Zealand. Um, and yeah, there's just there's so there's so many different kinds of birds I'd, I've never seen here. So much so that when we went to the wineries, the vines are all covered with netting, which I've never seen before because the birds are like oh they're gonna get up in there yeah, and like so start they, nesting. And I was like, what is that for? And and Mario's like, oh the birds. I was like, they are out the of control. There's also a lot of sheep. That's my next takeaway. <laughs> um, there no like when we uh, so I don't know so if you ever you've been through customs. I've done it a few times and I've been really grilled coming back into the stage, which which is annoying, but. This time uh, around, it was me and Tom, and I was like, okay, I hope they don't grill us because we're like been traveling for like almost 24 hours by the time we got to customs. And we're just like, hi. And he's like, he looked at us and he's like, do you have any mutton? And I was like, money? <laughs> and he's like, mutton? And Tom was like, sheep? <laughs> and, this, and this dude was like, yeah, do you have any sheep? And we're like, Any no. sheep at all in your bags? <laughs> we were your... so zombified at that point. We were just like, no. <laughs> we're like, Wait, so do, you thought you like freeze dried some mutton to bring it back? And they're really like worried super about, legal or something? yeah, they're really worried about people bringing in food items. Huh. Yeah, and and same the other way around. Like when we went into New Zealand, they were like, "Do you have any food?" And I was like, "I have. I, I'm such a snob. I brought coffee grounds. 
I brought Pete's oh, coffee. No. Did this you, could did be they, a, did they, they did not it? take it away. I oh, like nice. showed it to them and they were like, yeah, it's fine. You're like, this will be gone in three days. Yeah. They're like, that's not really food. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to lie to you people. Are they worried about like, like bringing uh, foot different mouth, foot species mouth diseases, and stuff like it, that? Uh, oh. Foot and mouth disease is what they're worried about. And then there's not, so there's no about, like, predators. Nuts, like bringing nuts there and maybe like you, I don't know, drop some nuts there's and then no, some random... So what food grows <laughs> there? You know what? I'm what? No, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. Nuts, you could bring you know some type about, of right? fruit that brings some type of. Basically, Mario yeah. was telling us. So one thing is their their windows don't have screens, and Mario was like, "Oh well, we don't have any poisonous insects here," and we're like, "What?" Nice to have. So there was like, yeah, there's no black widows. There's no. Although they, he said that. And then, first of all, there are mosquitoes, not mosquitoes, but something that gives you little bites that make you itch. So we noticed those around evening time. And then there's also this like weird spider looking thing that we found in the Airbnb. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, those guys are pretty bad. <laughs> if they bite you, you have to go to the hospital. I'm like, well, then that's not <laughs> nothing. That's not nothing. And then they don't have big predators like they don't have like pumas or lions or t- they have nothing like that Jesus. yeah it's a very peaceful place yeah you walk around and you're peaceful. like no one yeah. everyone's barefoot everyone's fucking barefoot everywhere they go like you go yeah. into a grocery store hello people are barefoot it's just a we strange we actually had a debate about that last night if, if you're like is it less hygienic for people to be barefoot than just carrying shit around on their shoes is it really that like less um hygienic? i think it depends where you are in new zealand everything seemed really uh like clean but then in a place like san francisco or berkeley i yeah. would absolutely not you know what i mean I feel like everyone's already barefoot in berkeley anyway but yeah when i was in uh when i was at berkeley there was a girl in my music class that never had shoes on and she'd walk around campus in like downtown berkeley and i'd see her all the time and i was just like you know i feel like you're gonna step on something that's gonna hurt you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, they, they like, like in the gnarly. city of berkeley like ah there's some yeah, they get Crazy like gnarly shit. foot calluses. It's kind of like playing guitar, you know, where you get like oh, well, calluses on your fingers. They get it just all over their foot. Yeah, well, Mario is a barefoot guy. That's Carrie's husband. We went for the wedding. And uh, she's like, yeah, the calluses on his feet are like like extra shoes. It's probably what like yeah. the Neanderthals or dolls yeah. or whatever had. Are you calling that. Mario a Neanderthal? How yeah. dare you? Yeah, I'm just... I'm just <laughs> dare you? <laughs> just throwing the shade. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I, that's the biggest thing I noticed when I started playing guitar actually like frequently i was like yeah. holy shit my hands are and it hurts yeah. you have to get through that pain when you develop it and then when i used to play violin i had it too where you yeah have the and i mean when you play like your calluses always get broken in harder and harder and harder like i yeah. still get calloused on my fingers if i play like a three hour set like you know what i i hadn't noticed um so i've always got it on my left hand where i'm pressing the actual strings down but i was playing a you're if, if more I do finger style well now, I yeah right I only hand, do yeah. finger strumming and like I noticed um I can't remember but recently we played I think it was a long show we played right after that I was like I was like oh my my calluses on my right hand are now like hurting and developing yeah, my which left is cool. hand never hurts callus wise it's my right hand You're when right. I'll do like finger picking and you do like crazy and like bound yeah. change like well that's more my nails so like I'll I'll get it more like sometimes I'll catch like the, I don't know what this is called, like the top of your fingernail bed or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Cuticle. The cuticle. I don't know. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. Anyway, uh, I, I catch that sometimes on the strings and it'll bleed. Um, I used yeah, I've to, noticed that. Yeah, I, that's the only time if I'm like playing way too intensely, but that's how I like break strings too. So I, I really try to like be more controlled and chill like because it's easy to let the adrenaline like pump through you yeah. and then you just rock out like way too hard and you like I've fuck up the rhythm. I've got blisters on my fingers. Yeah, literally. And maybe you'll bleed, bleed maybe you'll break a string, maybe it's yeah. just like, eh, it's just, it's better to just keep controlled. It's controlled chaos. Controlled chaos. Yeah, like controlled adrenaline. But I, I like think that's that. awesome that you got to go out to New Zealand. I think that 
a lot of people get scared away from it with like the ticket price and the and the long flight and it stuff. It is a scary long flight and it's over yeah. water the whole time. So I was really anxious about that. Dude, but talk about that lady that wouldn't let you in. Tom's oh switch. God, it's not, it's just a lame <laughs> story. But like on the way there, we had a so 12, 13 hour flight there and uh, we got separated. I'd picked our seats together and somehow we were not together, but we were just like picture there's, you know, two rows and there's an aisle seat and there's another aisle seat. And then a middle seat. So Tom was in an aisle and then there was a woman in the aisle next to him. And then there was me in a middle seat. And so he looks at the situation and like any normal person is like, oh, I could trade this woman an aisle for an aisle. She'll literally just move to the other aisle seat. And, uh, and then I can sit next to my wife for 14 hours or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, but instead, and we downloaded all this, like, uh, we downloaded like, like a whole show on the tablet. Yeah. Like we had a lot of plans of shit to watch, you know? And, uh, cause it's a long fucking flight. Yeah. 14 hours is no joke. It's long. It was more, it was more like 13, but anyway, it's long. And so Tom being the most polite person in the world, like he is, is just like, Hey, you know, my wife is sitting there. We got separated. I don't know if you'd want to switch. I'm in the aisle too, like aisle for aisle. And she just looks at him and she goes, mm, no, I really like this seat. Shake my head. <laughs> I'm like, just shaking I, my head. I said to Tom, I said to Tom later, I'm like, I feel like out of all the people in the world, I feel like less than 5% of people would, would think that that would like turn that down. I think less, <laughs> less like, than aisle like, for aisle? Absolutely not. Like, I think you can dwindle that down to like 1%. Like I think like it was less weir- than 1% oh, of people would look at that situation and be like, yeah, it's okay for me to keep this seat. And I, like, I understand if, like, it was a middle seat for an aisle seat or a window seat, but it was, like, she literally would have just, it, it made no, it made no sense. You and we were what? just, like, Throw wow. off the plane. <laughs> just into, just yeah. into the Pacific. Just well, you know what else is weird is we out. were, when we were on the plane, we started taxiing, like, away from the gate. They stopped the plane, and then the pilot got on, like, super annoyed, like, oh, some people need to get off the plane. So we had to then go back to the gate, and then they were like, oh, we got to get their luggage out from under the plane. So we were delayed like another hour oh because God. people wanted to get off the plane after we started moving. Why which did I've they do ne- that? It was like a roller coaster. They got all freaked out. It was a family. I, I don't know. They just wanted to get oh, off. And man. I'm just like, dude, if they paid as much as anybody on this plane did, like you're just throwing away. Anyway, throwing away that ticket, but which seems bizarre. But I mean, some people make absurd amounts of money. I I don't know. They were like a young family with like kids. I was like, maybe some emergency was happening with the kid. I want to like have the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, they just, they just kind of threw the whole thing off. But yeah, yeah, I like, I like traveling like that because once you start doing it, you realize how attainable it is and you get the itch and you get the itch and it doesn't seem scary anymore. Like that was Tom's first time out of the country and yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, the money's a little different, you know. He has never been to, he'd never even been to Canada, huh? Or no. Mexico or anything. And yeah, they also drive on the left side of the road. So oh, yeah, that's t- scary. <laughs> we were, well, Mario was always driving and we had an ongoing joke because Tom kept saying, man, I wouldn't be able to drive here. And we're like, no one's asking you to drive. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I would get, so, I'd, I'd have already saying. crashed. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but your, your brain, like for 20 some odd years, you know, we've been like Probably in the, 30, on the right side. 35 So the, the drivers on the other side right they're on the right side yeah and then so yeah we're passengers and we're watching them, him like do all this stuff and cars coming towards him and your brain just keeps panicking like oh yeah. that car's gonna hit us and then yeah, you're like all yeah. oh, right no we're on the dude anyway. it just fuck, like basically is it's, the way it's I think a weird it. it's funny because i don't I, I was like well all the countries i've been to um are right side of the road because i haven't been to the uk or you know new zealand and um 
so yeah, I was like, oh, it shouldn't affect me that much. But you like sit in the car and it actually gives you these weird little like moments of panic because your your brain's like, oh, this is wrong. And yeah. yeah. So anyway, but. Well, I, I mean, I had a pretty nice time here. It was nice and quaint yeah. alone. I got to chill with the cats. Um, Good house sitting. It Thank you. It was so lonely. It was so nice to come home from a vacation and like have a clean house. I did clean this shit And like you house, cooked this yeah. dinner and like we've been traveling for 24 hours and like the cats were happy. They weren't like screaming at us like they usually are when we leave, like having anxiety little cat anxiety I'm basically a manny like a yeah you're a total manny. manny and like it was just so it was so nice to just be like oh like you did laundry so yeah you did a great job thank oh, you we Sandra. appreciate yeah. you it was, I hope it you was had tough fun. Being, no it was a little tough because i'm a very social person as you know and i like to chat with people i like to hang out with people so like it was a little lonely at times but i got to go out to livermore a few times yeah um i had a friend visit it was it was all it was all good so. i it's funny because i really like solitude I get really creative in solitude, but like, for example, you and Tom were both out of town like a weekend before we left. And I was like, oh, I have two nights to myself. Awesome. You know? And, uh, and the first night I was like, this is great. And I got some stuff done and you know, whatever. And then the next night I was like, okay, I kind of want to hang out with someone. You know? <laughs> like immediately I'm already like, well, you know, it'd be nice to talk to them. And I like, yeah, I felt them. so good when you guys came back that first night, I, I just felt so much happier. Like yeah. I felt so good sitting here chatting with you guys. Like we played some guitar Immediately, and, uh, Mitch yeah. came over yesterday. We watched uh, the UFC and like we played more guitar and chilled, hung out, drunk, yes. entirely too much whiskey. Tom and I, but all <laughs> well Mitch, that ends did he well. drink any? No, he didn't really drink any. No, oh, he's not a big drinker. He drinks like maybe one or two beers, and he just chills. And he like you That's know he nice. smokes weed and shit. <laughs> but, Respect. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that sounds nice. It's no, much it healthier. Great, but yeah, um, the Saint Helena yeah. Um, solo experience was. It was pretty interesting. Um, it's just so, you realize how far away you are from like everything. I love this town, but you are, I went to a winery today really quickly down in Napa, which is 30 minutes away. And the educator we had was from Napa and she was like, I don't know how you do it. It's like, you're so far from everything. It must be so annoying. And I was is like, she a Kardashian? She sound, no, she just sounded, <laughs> she had the vocal fry. fry. Yeah, I, vocal fry. I, I defend the vocal fry. I love the vocal fry. <laughs> I do but um, she's it. like, I couldn't be that far from target and i'm like i like being this far Dude, from just target. target that's the only that's the only thing like, i was like i love she's like you guys have nothing out there i'm like no we have a lot out here we, we just safeway we just don't have a target or a fucking kmart you know saint Helena doesn't have any chains besides safeway, safeway yeah and then uh the only other chain that got grandfathered in is the a and w fast food restaurant oh, because they've been around since like the 60s well, but you won't see a fucking starbucks you won't see like a crazy chain it used to be a more like isolated uh restaurant location and then they just started blowing it up like fast food wise i remember yeah. i remember they started blowing it up fast food wise when we were still living in concord with our parents and they put that a and w like right next to the taco bell down uh, and it's Clayton. yeah it's right next to the high school so it's like good riddance but yeah you won't see a starbucks you won't see like a i can't think of any chains right now but jack you know jack yeah. and the you won't see that <laughs> in Lino, which yeah, is really peeps. cool in a lot of ways um yeah well I mean, I like I said, I enjoyed it. It was it was kind of isolated at times, but for the most part, it was it was a pretty good time. And the cats were were uh, pretty well behaved. Yeah. Oscar definitely ate some clothes. But, it's a, I but, know I mean, he's an asshole. It was have good we to talk uh, about him eating clothes before. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, it's um, so absurd. Like, it's a nightmare. It's the most absurd thing. He's like a dog, but just like a but he's a more like a serial killer. Cat. Like he waits for you to like. <laughs> leave something out or like not pay attention you could literally just be like talking on the phone or something and he'll like sneak into your room 
find like a sock that you left out and just well and also he for me he drags my dresses out of my closet and then he he drags them into your room the other room (laughs) and under the bed and eats them under the bed because he knows it's wrong wow i know he's crazy like ted bundy taking his victims (laughs) into the mountains basically it's 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 what proves yeah it's what proves yeah that he knows it's wrong but he still does it because it's an addiction oh he definitely knows it's wrong like i I caught him doing it a couple times you know and i'd be like I'd just look at him. I wouldn't even say anything. I'd catch him doing it with my eyes. <laughs> and he and he'd runs, be like, he runs away. Because he's actually, I think he's actually a fairly smart cat. Like, oh, I think I, most I don't cats think are Django smart. I is yeah. that smart. No offense, Django. <gasps> but I think, how dare you? <laughs> I think Oscar like responds well to like, to a uh, non, Training? well, he responds well to verbal cues. Like if you know, you do that like sh- 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 cat thing to him, he responds really well to that. Right. And if you look at him like a certain way, he'll kind of respond to that. Like yeah. if you want him to come cuddle, like, and you look at him a certain way, yeah. he kind of gets it. But with Django, like there's nothing that you can do to make Django change his behavior. <laughs> like, I think he's just a little sassier. <laughs> I think their personalities are pretty strong. Anyway, enough about the cats and um, Santa Elena. We're, but it was, I will say I, yeah, it was really, it, it was really good to get back to our guitars. I wanted to bring one with us it, and I, like a, it's such a pain in the yeah. ass to travel with guitars that I was like, no, um, we did get to borrow a, what's it called? Um, the nylon strings, a classical guitar. Yeah. Um, and we got to play some songs there, which is classical guitars are really easy to play. Um, but yeah, it was nice to come home and like be able to jam and Tom play his bass and well, get back into it. Yeah. We're I mean, getting it's, ready. it's awesome to get your hands back on it after you're doing yeah. it. But, um, so today we have a band that I'm super stoked about. I think I found Yay. them on like a discover weekly playlist or something. Um, and this was a few years ago. It must've been around like 2016 or 2015. Um, the first song I heard by them was a song called Cocaine. and um, That's like their biggest play. Yeah. It has like 2 million plays on yeah. uh, Spotify, and then the rest is like in the smaller ranges. So Yeah, and they're they're just such an eclectic band. Like their sounds are so eclectic. Like they have, uh, they have like this kind of like synth poppy sound, yeah. but then they have like kind of like a straight ahead like electric guitar driven rock sound too yeah they have two brother singers again we keep getting into it like yeah we always run into brothers siblings. unless their last names are just york randomly but i know for no a they're, fact they're, they're siblings brothers, right um yeah it's uh brothers. the bassist and singer um he doesn't sing quite as much but the bassist and singer austin york and then michael york is the lead vocalist and guitarist okay and uh, the band is called sleepwalkers yeah and they uh, and those two brothers kind of share the songwriting. And do they both sing? I feel like they both, both sing a lot. Sing. Like, okay. So I I ended up finding them out from Spotify. Um, like I said, around 2016 or so. And then I actually saw them open for J. Roddy Walston in L.A. in, I think, about oh, 2017. You can recall that we talked about them. Yeah, what, three and J. Episodes? Roddy Walston talked about them, three too. Three episodes ago. And then J. Roddy Walston yeah. talked about living on the same street as them? They, right? he, they do now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he said, my favorite band lives nearby. And yeah. we didn't say the band because we were like, we're going to cover them. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of funny. Um, I wonder if it's the name of the street they live on because... They named their album in 2014 Greenwood Shade after the name after of the, the street, street they, they lived on. So. Just like how the Deslons named their band. I know. After the street doing? they lived Let's go, guys. On. No, it's, if it's a cool name, it's a cool name. I, I don't think ours would be cool. Ours would be Edwards. Oh, wait. Edwards fuck. We don't want to blow up our <gasps> spot out here. <laughs> bleep. Bleep it out. Because there's no. only like 10 houses on the street. Yeah. It's crazy stalkers. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I think that they have like this really, they have, 
I don't want to call it like sophisticated songwriting because we already blew that term out with Gold Star, but like their songs are so complex and they go yeah. through all these different parts and then they usually have like an interesting intro or like a really well thought out outro and they're all long songs too. Like yeah. they're all long songs. They're like five minutes, four and a half minutes long yeah. each. And um, anyway, let, do you want to get right right into one? Let's jump right into the first song right. you showed me. Yeah. Oh, this is the first song. Yeah, this is definitely the first song I heard. Nice. Um, as long as we're both talking about. Oh wait, nope. Sorry. <laughs> Never <laughs> we mind. We always do this shit. <laughs> we're gonna play the first song off Greenwood Shade. Yeah. Okay, that's the second song I heard by them, but that's okay. We're gonna yeah. go out of order. Um, so this song is called Cheers off the Sleepwalkers 2014 album Greenwood Shade. Uh, Yeah, so I love that song because of the piano drive in it. 
the, I think it's that the, the yeah. piano. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing you notice in yeah. the intro. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And, the, you know, obviously, you first notice a weird count off, which is fucking hilarious. What? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, all right. Full disclosure. We, <laughs> we like, recorded, like, 30 minutes, and it aired out, and got none of it so fuck here so we are if we're repeating yeah, ourselves if we're repeating ourselves it's just because we lost, got lost in time but what i was saying is they're like they're so funny they're they're like a they're like super dorky with stuff and hilarious and uh, their videos on instagram are hilarious like a lot of their uh, videos on they have very few videos on youtube but they're pretty pretty good too but their yeah. biography is super funny um, please read it yes i'll read it for the first time <laughs> of all time of first all time, time ever <laughs> it was the winter of 2013 when a casual lunch at burger king <laughs> manifested the hearts of four lost souls and transformed the gang into an unstoppable courier of smash hits sleepwalkers a group of outlaws <laughs> who rose from the blue collar depths of a glorified suburban landscape seek to recreate the golden age of songwriting combining the soothing sounds of yanni with the angelic melodies of enya Sleepwalkers are sure to be the butter to your bread. Matthew McConaughey says, Sleepwalker songs are more historically significant than the Declaration of Independence. Was Nick that George Cage. W. Bush? <laughs> that was my McConaughey voice. It was really bad. It's uh, okay. You've heard my accents. And then they say, Nicholas Cage won't have to look far to find this national treasure. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Old school reference. But- Sleepwalkers have diamonds on the soles of their shoes, but let me tell you, they're not going to Graceland. Sleepwalkers wow. are bringing the heat, and they're about to burn it up, baby. Amazing. Yeah, that's their bio. That's their <laughs> official bio. That's fabulous. Yeah, so absolutely uh, incredible. I want to talk about like that song a little bit. Um, I really enjoy the obviously the piano drive to it because a lot of their music has like synth, uh, keyboard synth, right. But this actually has like a piano patch to it. So it sounds like a piano. Yeah. Um, and that's, um. oh shit, I just had his name pulled up because they have the two brothers that are um, sort of the heart of the band. And then Austin they have- Austin and, and Michael? Yeah. And then they met um, Alex DeJong. DeJong. Um, and he's the drummer and he's also produced, not- uh, He's the producer too. Producer, yeah. From what um, And then they have yeah. Brad Heath on a- guitarist and keyboards at least on this album i don't okay. know now but uh yeah i wanted to call him out because he's doing a killer job on we that we're trying to figure out what their official lineup is we know for a fact it's the york brothers and alex dijon for sure we know that for sure and there's pictures yeah. of them uh with as like a three piece and then it's a five piece so i get a little confused yeah but. they have this guy named matt's <clears throat> sorry matt's mike bryant and the reason why i said matt's is because his nickname is sweats magnum Wow! I'm not sure, what that's all back about? To the, just harkening back to their goofy uh... sweats magnum. Yeah. And then they have this. <laughs> Some then they have a gentleman that. named Jacob Shank playing in their band as well. No cool nickname for old Jacob. So that's six people. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm now I'm confused. But soups confused. It's um, fine. So this album, I know they have that guy on keyboards. Um, and uh, and yeah. So yeah. as far as the song Cheers. Anything else um, yeah, you wanted to no, say? No, yeah, they have a, they, like, the thing that's really, that really stands out about um, Sleepwalkers is not only do they have, like, these really well-produced arrangements that are, they're, they're huge productions. Like, right. you, there's synth, there's a bunch of guitars, and then the, the best part is, you know, the lush atmospheric vocal harmonies is what I was looking vocal for. Vocal harmonies, yeah. yeah. 
I, I love the bass lines too. Like, like I was saying um, before, we were so rudely interrupted by a computer error. Like, there's like this uh, <laughs> really awesome, like ostinato bass line that repeats over and yeah. over again, and it has some nice syncopation to it. Um, and I've always thought that like what makes a really great bass line is if you can like sing it back like a melody. Do do like if doo, yeah, doo, if yeah. you can sing a bass line back, you know that you're doing something right. Like it has to be a hook in and of itself. And yeah. Like, cause a lot of people just think that a bass is supposed to just kind of like play the bottom of a chord, like the root of a chord. And that's it. That's the, just to kind of add some kind of, yeah, the boring way to think of it. Yeah. Just to add like some beef to the song and that's it. Yeah. But, but that's not the, that's not the best thing about bass. Like yeah. the best thing about bass is having its own kind of uh, melody to it and having its own hook and having its own thing. Um, yeah. And they I, definitely uh, have it. I I I, start, I don't know if it's just because I'm married to a bass player, but I definitely notice bass lines. Um, my favorite song of all time, "The Go Come Back," has that do 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 do. I could like sing the whole bass line because yep. it's interesting and it and it matches with the actual the vocal melody. Totally. So so yeah, I I agree on that. Um, and then what you were saying about their vocal tracks. Um, I, when I was reading about them recording this album, they talk a lot about how they spent hours and hours on those vocal harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what, this is from the Charleston City Paper, 2015. Hmm. Um, Michael says, oh gosh, we could probably make a whole anthology of just those harmony sessions. It was just take after take in the studio. We would have an idea for the group vocals and then work on them until we hashed them out. But that's because the vocals are the most important thing. The vocals have to have the right feeling. And and so if if you think about them going into the studio thinking that their songs are vocal driven and then you hear the songs that they come up with and you'll we're going to play more, obviously. Um, you you do sort of notice that, that that's a strong theme. But then everything else, of course, backing it up is like so on point. But they have they have two really great singers in the band. The two yeah. brothers sing, and then also Alex sings as well. He must. I was going to say, there's yeah. definitely different uh, uh, textures to the voices you're hearing where you can tell that it's not just like... Like, you know when you hear like a Beatles song and you know that like they just did... Paul's vocals six times. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's not, yeah. or like Phil Spector did it with the fucking wall of sound. It's like, we're going to record Ronnie Spector. They do have that for, wall of over sound and over vibe. and over and over again. Yeah. And yeah, and that's really cool. They but do have that but they also have a different, you can hear those harmonies and it sounds like three different actual voices singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite part about this song, besides the first thing I noticed was obviously the piano. Um, and uh, what I love is their use of backup vocals to kind of fill in the chorus and then the verses. So in the verses, it's the keep it downtown, keep it downtown, you're a long way from home. And then yeah. in the chorus, it's the one, two, three, four. And it's just the, it. Is it wrong to call it backup vocals? Um, no, I it think it basically it's is, but it's kind of giving them their own kind of seat at the table next to the lead vocals, mm. but it's still keeping them in the back sonically. Yeah. <laughs> But I, use, top, I always use that word yeah. with a question mark because I'm like, is that how we refer yeah, to it? Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's really fascinating because I don't see that a lot in like them, them kind of bringing the backup vocals to the forefront that much yeah. where it's, it adds so much. But They're not you, trying to hide it. But if you listen to their uh, night sessions live at Space Bomb Studios album, mm-hmm. like they have strong, like it sounds so much like the recordings. Like it's yeah. full. It's I lush. was shocked that it was has, live. Yeah, it has all the harmonies. I um, was um I was driving today and I just threw 
uh, the sleepwalkers, sleepwalkers on, um, like on shuffle or whatever. And I was like, I'm just going to listen to every song they have until I kind of just get them in my brain. And it's a 30 minute drive that I was doing. Um, yeah. and at one point I was, I was listening to one of the songs off, uh, off that live album. And I was like, Oh, I really, this is like so far one of my favorite songs. And then I like, you know, and I'm not going to say I used my phone when I was driving, but I like glanced at it to see the name of the song. Yeah. And it was like live at space bomb. And I was like, this is not a live track. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, well, I was like, there's, there's no fucking way too. this is a live track. There's YouTube yeah. Videos. It's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it sounds so tight. They're in a recording and studio and they're, they're like, in, yeah, they're yeah. playing to be clear. They're playing it live in a recording studio. Yeah. So it's not like there, there shouldn't be, you know, when, it, when, it, when a lot of people think of live recordings, it's like you hear the crowd yelling and yeah, then they're yeah, like, yeah. all right, motherfuckers or whatever. Yeah. Like it's not that kind of live recording. <laughs> it's like, that's how we talk to our audience. That's what we do. Kidding. Time, yeah. I don't, I try to keep you don't it. drop the MF bombs every time. Just immediately just start the insulting record, them. For the record, they are <laughs> called just sleepwalkers. Like we're called just radio keys. Like right. we get the radio keys a lot. And, and then I'm sure they get They're the sleepwalkers, sleepwalkers a lot, which is hilarious because um, one time I was going to San Diego for an ultimate Frisbee tournament. That's like how all my stories in this fucking podcast start. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to San Diego um, to play and I saw that. <laughs> the sleepwalkers were playing in San Diego and I was oh, like no. no way they're here in San Diego <laughs> at the same time I am so I go down and like buy tickets and um oh no look it up online like right before we're about to go to the show oh. and I'm like turns out this is like a a Mexican hip hop band Whoa. <laughs> called the sleepwalkers out of San Diego and what's fucked up is Spotify <laughs> confuses the two bands. So, and oh, bands no. in town confuses the two bands. So people will put like, like Chris Denny. When you go to Chris Denny's Spotify, yeah. this weird yeah. Memphis city rhythm, uh, fucking show tune album yeah. comes up under him. And you're like, that's not him. Spotify, get it together. So sleepwalk. Sorry, we love you. Spotify. This, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> hit up those San Diego dudes and be like, Hey, stop putting us on the shows because like, I've, I've gotten so many like notifications. Sleepwalkers are playing in California. You're and like, it's stop like, confusing and I'm like, me. <laughs> it's not the good sleepwalkers. <laughs> it's, it's not the ones no. we want. Okay, so there's no the. But it's hilarious. Um, yeah, but it's hilarious that they like get confused. And like I, I spent like probably like $60 on these tickets for like oh, me and a couple friends. A and I was like, no, you don't have to pay me. I fucked up. Like, it's I messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's my bad. Like, it was fine. Totally we were, my we were fault. exhausted. Like Frisbee tournaments. You like, didn't want to go see the hip hop band? Well, uh, no, I, <laughs> I get rather it. Drink like a few PBRs and like chill I in a hot it. tub or something you know, after running around for eight going, hours. Going to a show, especially if you're driving far, um, driving for us, if we went to San Jose, it'd be two hours. San Francisco for us is about 90 minutes. So like if, if I'm going to see a band in the city or, or in the East Bay or whatever, it's I have to really journey. want, I have to really want to see that band. Cause it's going to be a fucking long night and a long ass drive, Yeah, you know? And it's like, it's like if I've, I've done it before. Um, and then I've kind of blown off some before. Cause I'm just like, I can't, I can't drive yeah. two hours there, two hours back, get off work, drive two hours there, see an hour show and drive to like it's, it, and, and I always regret not going, but the night of, I'm just like, it would actually kill me if I, did, <laughs> if I did it, but no, but it's uh so for, if it was just like, <laughs> like just have you ever veering a, off the cliff, have you ever had a, have you ever had a friend be like, Can you want to come to this concert with me? And it's just like, if, Santa Cruz, if, if like, I don't no. care about this band, I, I, I don't, sorry. Like I don't want to pay, 
Um, well, I isn't got, that the inter- like the eternal struggle for fucking bands? Is you yeah. only get people coming to your show that like already know you. So it's like yeah. Well, I think it, how I do you think get people a, to come to your show so who take, don't check know it out. you? I think if if you're playing in like Oakland or Berkeley, like if I was when I was at Berkeley and living there and had roommates, if they were like, "Hey, do you want to pay twenty bucks and come to the Greek Theater and see this band?" I'd be like, "Sure." Cause I'm like traveling 10 minutes. It's, mm. it's, it's just sort of now that we're old and live far away, but <laughs> I did get dragged to a show and I got stuck driving. Cause I was the only person with a car when I was staying in Berkeley uh, with my roommates. Um, it was actually uh, Florence and the machine, which I was super down to see. Cause I fucking love yeah. Florence and the machine, but it was probably one of the, was that at the uh, shoreline yeah it was one of the worst concert experiences i ever had because it was at the shoreline in the fucking nosebleeds and what really bothered me um and i feel like if florence the machine knew this they would it would bother them too um because i think they're really fucking amazing and there's like so there's florence so she's the lead singer and then there she has like a huge band there's like a there's like horns there's strings there's probably like 15 other people on stage and then her core band and for two hours the so we can't so at the shoreline i don't know if you've been but if you're on the lawn you can't actually see the stage it's bullshit you can't even see it like there's two no we we could not we could not because people were were standing pillar no we just couldn't see the stage the the physical stage we could not see so we were just watching tv screens which is the lamest thing at a concert you're just like looking at this tv screen and for two hours they were just zoomed in on her face for two hours which i'm like cool she's a lead singer i that's fine but like i you couldn't like there'd be like a guitar solo or a string solo or something else going on yeah. and they just be like zoomed on her face and I'm like who is in charge of this? that's lazy that's lazy <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was ridiculous um, and lazy I drove two hours work. there drove two hours back and it was one of those concerts where I spent like probably 150 bucks and I was just like you know I wish that were better yeah. like I'm not even saying don't ever see them definitely see them they put on no, a hell play, of a show the but Santa the Barbara shrine Bowl. just fucked it up I feel yeah like. they play at the Santa Barbara Bowl all the time they, they always come back I and totally recommend our seeing buddy them Weaver is like obsessed with that. no they're super fun to see they're like really high energy we just couldn't it was like watching a tv for two hours that hey dude these cats are going crazy out there oh emily you want to go handle them yeah. i'll hold it yeah they so these cats is fucking hilarious there's like these shelves that uh tommy made out of uh wine casks <laughs> and there's like a top one and wine every boxes, once in a yeah. while they'll like get super territorial over the top one and then they'll just <laughs> full on rage. They're at each so other weird. They top. just they just cuddle and fight. I think most animals are like that, but it's just so funny because when they <laughs> fight, they it's like they want to kill each other. And it's like you guys are best friends. What are you doing? <laughs> I guess it's, it's Dude, a good uh, Django, allegory. So for... Django is the little one, and he always tries to run out the front door whenever we try to leave. Uh, he ran out twice today. So he ran out today, and uh, I picked like the second he ran out, first thing in the morning. Um, he like goes belly down on the ground, like immediately terrified. Well, he sees the sky and he's just like, holy no, he shit. Did, he didn't see well, oh, the, the sky. I thought you said this guy. The sky. No, yeah, he no, looks he at the sky and he's like, oh my he's God. He's like, oh my God, what is this place? And he um, just crumbles and he just to bellies the ground. down yeah. and like starts meowing. It's actually and, really funny. Yeah. So I just pick him up and bring him back in. I'm like, dude, what's your problem? <laughs> You're like, not ready for this. <laughs> but when Emily, when he ran out on Emily today, he had a little cat confrontation. Yeah. We have a neighbor cat that, uh, my cat's obsessed with he wants to be friends with him so bad but the neighbor cat like owns our little porch and he's like territorial so yeah he bolted out flint Flint, and he fucking and he's a gnarly cat he's like missing skin on his 
back and like he's just like a gnarly cat he's been in a bunch of fights That's so funny. and so Django just like fucking fires after Flint and I'm just like no and yeah he chased him and then Flint just turned around and was like bitch and I'm basically, gnarlier than you <laughs> basically just went wow and made this insane cat noise that I've like never heard and then Django just like cow like just completely crumbled into himself like tail between his legs and I was like buddy like what are you doing and then I just picked him up like a mom like from his scrub and like took him back inside I was like is this embarrassing oh, for you because it should be yeah anyway um so they were just fighting but we broke so they, it up now they're peaceful again yeah I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you broke him up because Jesus lord so they the were sleep, so annoying. So the sleepwalkers, uh, they we were just talking about. Sorry, sleepwalkers. <laughs> I was gonna correct you. I was like, ah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so somebody it. asked them about their name um, because they're like, oh, your music is so upbeat and kind of summery and exciting, and like your name is doesn't really match. And they answer it pretty well. They're like, you just got to uh, conceptualize it. Band names like the Beatles or the Kinks don't really make sense. Think about the Beatles. You yeah, know, I think like, sometimes these like journalists come in and they like overthink this shit. Well, they're like, not musicians. Well, this question, like <laughs> I read the same interview and like yeah. this question was so over the top. It was like the juxtaposition of your, your dreamy pop and influences your... <laughs> and your summer car ride sound through the mountains <laughs> and your name is just so tired. They're like, your name what sounds sleepy because like, it has the well, word sleep in it. <laughs> and they're just like well no so he says uh so he says uh yeah uh band names like the beatles or the kings don't really make sense but it's the music that makes sense that allows you to interpret it in a lot of different ways i think sleepwalkers fits well uh when we're on tour lots of late nights and early mornings uh we feel like sleepwalkers in that way greenwood shade was also recorded in the time between midnight and 2 a.m and i think a lot of musicians feel that way too it's like we're kind yeah. of we're kind of um and then we wake up and go to work the next day well yeah if you're <laughs> yeah. if you're me or tom it's like yeah. you'll play till you know one or two and then we'll have an hour drive home and then get home at three in bed by three thirty-four, and then i'll sometimes wake up at seven and go to work and yeah i definitely feel like a fucking sleepwalker but it's worth it right <laughs> Like, could you imagine no, not playing music? It's it's like, funny when you when you realize like yeah it 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 matters so much more and you're not making can you as imagine much having money. a life with like just without, without that variable it? you're no. just like doing the well, same I shit found, we're doing um, but it's like no I had a friend tell me once no who was spice. a musician um and it kind of hit home and it was when I wasn't playing a lot of music you were in Santa Barbara and like I was not in any other bands at the time and I was just kind of doing school and work and shit and I uh, wasn't really playing music. I was kind of writing on guitar, but not really. And I had a friend that told me, and I can't remember who said this. It's a musician friend of ours. And he was like, yeah, I started to notice um, the times I was like, if ever I felt like, like my life was kind of like going off the rails or like I was really unhappy, it was because I wasn't focusing on music. And then when I would get back into focusing on music, everything would fall back into place. Wait, who said this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, I, I want to say it was like Bobby Blazer, like Shane, but I don't, it doesn't sound right. Like it was, it was, I can't remember who it was, but, but yeah. And, and I, I was like, Oh, like I just kind of took from that. I'm like, Oh, so like if you're meant to be a musician, like everything will feel like it's falling apart when you're not prioritizing music. And so, and I've been not prioritizing music for so long. Well, that I felt it, that way in Santa yeah, Barbara too. And you just get I've depressed. You're like, why am that, I depressed? Yeah. And you just don't really get why something feels like it's missing. And then when you add music back in, you're like, Oh, everything else is just gray compared yeah. to me playing music. Well, dad, yeah. We talked about dad's point of view on like the body, mind and soul. And right. Like, it's so important to have an equal interpretation of all three things, whatever makes up, you know, you want to stay like, you want to stay physically healthy because right. that's your 
fucking vehicle. Like, What's your vehicle? It's your, <laughs> yeah. your vehicle you're, you're, at your You had this body for a long time, hopefully. Like, yeah, hopefully. And and it's yeah. like, if you if you don't do anything to help your body, you're not eating healthy, you're, you're drinking all the time, you're not working out at all, like you're going to feel it emotionally. Also, not not working out. And, and by working out, I don't mean you're like fucking crushing it at the gym. You can just go on a walk. Yeah. Like just just moving and getting outside. Like yeah. um, it, it, it makes you happier. And when you mm-hmm. stop doing that, you actually do like sort of yeah and eating healthy like eating if healthy you eat like yeah. a bunch of crap like like eat like a like crap for like five days and then just eat healthy for five days like you might have some withdrawals or whatever but you'll feel like a noticeable difference in your energy level oh yeah and clean like, eating and, and it's your happiness it's too. so easy in california too it's like we're so a little easy. we're and a little so spoiled much good healthy we're food really here. spoiled yeah. here where it's like all the produce is like available yeah. and it's a good price because it's from california totally. it's not being shipped off so like i try to just remember i'm like look I, we're in a position to be able to like eat really well yeah um and so yeah and so, so it's so like, there's the body and then there's the mind and that's like whatever keeps you um invigorated sharp. yeah like whether it's you know doing crossword puzzles whether it's a, a Read, work for me that's it's reading challenging, yeah reading. or just my job like my um, job can be really challenging so it i like stimulates to do, my I like brain to do crosswords um that's i like really to do cool. chess puzzles um, there's a lot of stuff that I like to do to try to keep my mind sharp. Reading for me just puts me to sleep. <laughs> you so just, fun. and I've told you this before, but yeah. like, if you just like, I'd never liked reading until I realized that I don't have to read like fucking Tolstoy. And like, you know, like I, I, I would put a lot of pressure on myself with reading and be like, well, you know, I can't read a fun book, quote unquote. I have to, you know, cause I've never read, you know, whatever. Yeah. War and Peace. <laughs> that's shit. always a joke. And that... so I was always, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's my one example joke. I can bring up, but like I was reading in college, I was just reading a lot of like really like dense kind of novels and I was like I was like I just want to read something that I think is interesting and now I've I've gotten more into novels that like like murder mysteries and shit which to me before I would have been like no this is cheesy it's a waste of time but it's like dude if you like it and it it what reading does that is is stimulating no matter what the fuck you're reading is it makes your brain create a little world yeah and like you start creating visuals and characters and like you start visualizing all of it in your head and that's that's keeps your like, brain sharp. It's it keeps you creative, is what it keeps you. So, there's, so read whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, don't so have any stigma mind, about and, reading. Is yeah, there's saying. no stigma. Read about true reading, crime yeah. shit. That's uh, what I do. Yeah. <laughs> don't so feel there, bad about there's it. There's reading. There's puzzles. Yeah. There's whatever you do to keep your mind sharp. I think it's important to do. Right. And then the last thing is maybe the hardest thing to figure out, like what it is, and it's your soul. Mm-hmm. And it's what feeds your soul. Yeah. And like for me, it's always been music. Yeah. For a little while, it was Ultimate Frisbee 2, but never enough. Like, that was a little bit more, like, I, I was a huge Ultimate Frisbee fan. I've just, I've just been a huge sports fan my whole life, and yeah. I kind of felt like I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm in my 20s, like, yeah. I'm never going to get another chance yeah, to do this. Definitely do so that. I wanted yeah. to do it, you know, and I had all my yeah. friends were playing it too, so it was like a great community. But I well, always it, it's felt com- like, it's community yeah. too. Yeah, and I always felt like something was missing, and it was music. I was playing music a little bit, but I wasn't doing it nearly enough. The th- one of my favorite things about music, though, too, is just like sports, um, it is. It can obviously it can be a solo thing, um, and a lot of people do that, and I've done that, and you've done that. Um, but it's so fun to do with other people, and it's such a cool community. And like, if you think about the music community, like that we're a part of in the Bay Area, totally, yeah. I wouldn't trade a thing for that. Like all the musicians I've known and met for the last ten years, like it's such a cool. 
it's just it's so fun a to cool, go to you're a, a part of it and like you're in yeah. a band and other bands respect your band and like you watch each other and like their fans it's like just hugs you, and smiles all oh, around we're total we're yeah. total love fest like the last yeah. gig we played with like um overland and, uh well i was gonna say overland too Rossmore huge and, huge friends with them but like rossmore overland we played recently with northerner and roxy and it's like it's just a love fest like yeah. all the bands are just like hugging and like you're amazing no stop it you're yeah. amazing and it like, feels so good yeah or like yeah. um what i want to do more of um and it's not just pumping ego either because it's like mutual respect is not like pumping ego just for the no, sake it's of not pumping like ego, you guys are so you know? great it's like i as like, another musician like respect yeah. what you're doing yeah i i enjoy watching northerner set yeah. i enjoy watching roxy overland set i enjoy watching rossmore set like i um I enjoy watching bobby play guitar like i always enjoy watching yeah. bobby play guitar yeah or like, like Shane play drums guitar. Or, yeah or bass yeah. and it's like i you genuinely like you're watching these people you love do what they love and it's and it comes through as really genuine and passionate and it's yeah. amazing and so yeah i wouldn't trade that community uh for the world um and it's so fun to just on a smaller scale like within our band it's like so cool to like write a song in solitude and then bring it to the band and then see how we can all cultivate that song to make it you know to its fullest potential well, it's, it's just a, it's, it's such a cool such a great feeling yeah. in our band specifically like to make that long cold drive out to uh Concord. Concord. And an then hour, you're yeah. like in this room and it's like you It's like would, a, what an eight by eight room? Yeah. Would you ever be in that <laughs> room like for any small. other reason? And then yeah. Alante walks in and you're like, hey! and then you realize like the whole entity is there and it's like this thing is about to start cranking out yeah. material. And it's like it's a And it's four brains working at yeah. their at their highest of like when I'm playing guitar and singing, it's like almost my full like I, I feel like it's how some people might feel when they're like really like pushing themselves in like a math problem or something where it's like they're really pushing their brain you're like, like Russell Crowe and Beautiful Mind. I know, you I'm just, just like, like have all those <laughs> <laughs> there's just numbers yeah, floating, floating around my around head. head. Yeah. No, but like when you're when you're like play, like it's and I'm not trying to say that I'm like so bad at it that I have to concentrate that fucking hard. But like <laughs> but like yeah, when you're like playing a certain thing and you're singing a certain thing and like you're you're also listening I'm listening to Alante, I'm listening to you, and I'm listening mm -hmm. to Tom. And you know, you're you know, you're like in that zone, like that I feel like my brain is like fully awake and fully working in a very cool way. That that it <sighs> that it doesn't really do all the time otherwise. Dude, I, I saw, can't think of a great example I saw a super else. corny quote, but I have to quote it. Go for it. <laughs> so now that I've you know said that, it's going to sound super corny no matter what, but it's uh, that art decorates space and music decorates time. And I thought that was a really interesting... Is that talking shit about art, though? No. <laughs> no. It's, there's time and space, oh, right? Spa there's oh, time I was thinking space. like a room, and I was like, well... No, art decorates space and music decorates time. It's right. like It's like, like we talked about, I think in a few podcasts ago, like when people used to listen to music there was no recording there was nothing they either had to do it themselves or they had to have hear it live or play it live yeah do it and it's it like, was all live which is so cool we're it's like so spoiled now that we can just we just plug in yeah and like listen to whatever. whatever in our car anywhere but like can you imagine car rides back before there were radios in cars it was just like dang. i mean it seems cool and you're going you're like just, 15 miles an hour yeah <laughs> or you're just talking to the person next with you which is very cool but like if you're alone it's it's like a lot of thought time for sure but anyway but, um, let's get into this next sleepwalker song um i'm really into this song this is my favorite sleepwalker so this was song. the 
actual first Sleepwalker song that I heard. I, <laughs> I probably showed it to you, right? Like, yeah, you definitely showed uh, it to me. I want to say like five years ago. It, I don't think it was that long because the album came out in 2014. But five years I, ago was 2014. I think I heard it in 2015 or 16. Oh, okay, so that so was still... It was like three or four years ago. Okay. and um, we, were, we were living in Oakland, Berkeley, so we were... I yeah. am so impressed by the acoustic guitar in this song. Yeah, it um, follows the vocal line almost like it follows it so perfectly in the beginning, but it's yeah. not like note for note like Jimi Hendrix would do or like the Black Keys do, where right. they play like a lead line or like Junior Kimbrough, where they play like um, a lead line that mirrors the vocals. Right. It just like ornaments the vocals. You know ornaments, what I mean? And like, yeah. so the acoustic guitar song is awesome to kick, or sorry, the acoustic guitar in the song is awesome to kick off, and um. And then there's just like this great moment when the rest of the band kicks in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's like this distorted lead guitar vibe to it. And like it it has a really uh, great dichotomy between the verses having like this awesome uh, acoustic guitar and then the chorus and the rest of the song having this electric guitar. And then it's just the, the outro in it is like so well thought out. Like, yeah, they... Their songwriting is so sophisticated in yeah. their transitions, their contrast, their layering, everything about this band is just, and it, like we were talking about in the kitchen before we started this, it's like, it's so awesome to know that there's like an unsigned local band somewhere that can just pump out a classic album. And like, if you yeah. listen, I listen to this album front to back all the time. It was yeah. really hard to pick songs. Yeah, and, and like, that's why you kind of came to me and you're like, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I did the same thing with Anna Ash. I'm like, I'm obsessed with this whole record. Oh, man. So can you tell me what you would pull off here? Because I love every song so goddamn much. So, yeah, yeah, it's I it's, think... it's hard. And I agree. Once I listened to this whole album, I was like, holy smokes. Yeah, it's 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 so... And, and the, this whole batch of songs is so like... It's so good. And, yeah, and the bass line powerful. really shines in this as well in the chorus. Boom. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Dun, yeah. da, da, da. it's just he like austin plays in the pocket all the time yeah. he always has a sweet melody that just takes over um uh, i don't know I, I i'm going on and on about it so yeah i think uh in contrast to the last song um this will maybe start off with a little uh uh, simpler instrumentation little, yeah. and and it'll really kind of show it, yeah, you it it'll show up. you their dynamics and it'll show you like like we said before, it's like the, they really wanted in this band to sort of not be tied down to any genre and sort of play yeah. around and have fun with it. And like the last song compared to this one, I'm immediately like, you know, already, obviously it's cohesive and it's consistent, but it already has a different feel right away. And you realize like, oh, they can nail this too. Yeah. The because they're so are, fucking good the at what they're that doing. The are cohesive is they have the great vocal harmonies. Yeah. They have the great atmosphere, the yeah. big track, the right. big production. But it gets big. It, star- yeah. it starts kind of just like a guy on a guitar and then it you know with a yeah. little effect on his voice and then it kind of like comes into this full thing and yeah the build is is really impressive all right so this is thinking about the road off of their 2014 album greenwood shade
So that so, song. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that song, thinking about the road. Um, I I think it has like this awesome acoustic guitar that kicks it off, and then it it has like this awesome uh, juxtaposition between the chorus and the pre-chorus and the verse. So the verse like kind of has like this acoustic guitar vibe to it. Um, that mirrors the vocals in a really great way. It doesn't copy the vocals, but it complements them really well. And then it, and then the rest of the band kicks in, and then all of a sudden the electric guitar kicks in. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that like they have this really strong acoustic vibe in the verses, and then like a really awesome electric vibe in yeah. the chorus. No, it's great dynamics. Um, again, it's a great start where it's just kind of seems simple, and then it just builds. Um, my favorite, so like lyrically, uh, my favorite line in this song is really, it's, it's my favorite example of like, I've quoted Bukowski a million times, but it's like somebody saying something intelligent simply, basically it's, you're saying a lot in a very simple way. Um, the Beatles do it a lot in their simple songs, but it's kind of has some depth to it. And it's, um, I don't need to think twice thinking about the road. And this whole song to me, um, is sort of this push and pull between like, he's saying like, when I'm home, everything seems all right. And then he's kind of dreaming about the road. Um, and it's, it's sort of like grass is always greener in a way um, where when he's in one, he's thinking about the other kind of thing. Um, but I don't need to think twice thinking about the road. I won't kind of chop that up too much. I'll just let you kind of pull your own thing from that. But I just, I, I like that sort of simple depth of that line quite, quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the lyrics are great. Like they're one of those bands where you don't necessarily notice the lyrics for being great. And I don't, I think that the reason for that is they use like a lot of uh, vocal effects where they have like a really um, wide yeah. reverb to the vocals. So sometimes they're a little bit hard to understand. Right. But if you really listen to the vocals in their tunes, like they're, they're legitimately good, vo they're legitimately oh, good lyrics. A hundred percent. And, and yeah, um, I was reading like, you know, um, I've been lost on the open road, you see. So he's talking about being lost on the road and then feeling good at home, but then he's thinking about the road. So there's that dichotomy and he's saying with countless crooks, swindlers and only misery, um, those with jaws traveling from Tucson to Dearborn, from San Francisco to Berlin, goodbye circadian rhythm. Yeah. When I, well, I feel awful rough and rigid, hopeful one day I'll quit it. I don't need to think twice thinking about the road. It's, it's re it's, yeah, it's, it's one, it's, again, it's like subtle lyrics where like, it's not, it doesn't sound like emo where it's like, it's like pounding you in the face with like, this is like thoughtful lyricism, you know, like where it's just <laughs> vindicated. Emily, you're always, you're always throwing so dashboard under the bus. I just, I know, I don't care. I don't care. Um, you know what I mean? When I say emo music is just like throwing in your face, like this is fucking poetic lyricism. No, I totally Like agree. I don't, I don't like that. But then I also... I don't like this shallow lyricism either that you hear sometimes where you're like, they didn't think twice about these lyrics. They're just writing a pop song. So it's, it's fun to, it's, it's fun to find that perfect fucking sweet spot of like these lyrics have depth. If you look into them, they're interesting, but it's not, pretentious. Overly, it's not pretentious. Yeah. It's not condescending. And it fits in with the song, which is the biggest part. Like it should fit with the fucking song. Like oh, you shouldn't 100%. be like, you shouldn't be showcase. You shouldn't be like, here's a poem basically that I wrote and then here's some music to it, but you can't bridge those gaps together. I think you can absolutely take a poem and make a song out of it. Fuck. Yeah. But <laughs> like it's to actually take this really kind of 
um, poignant language and, and bring that together with music in a way that's seems natural. That's the fucking truth right there. Like, and if you, if you can pull that off fucking hell yeah. Like that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. I mean, you can't, try to do that and you <laughs> can't like try to do thing. it you gotta just like you yeah. have to just do it right you like, have to have a you have to know what you're doing musically and what you're doing lyrically i think it's a little bit of being uh able to look at your work um objectively too so and like hard, look yeah. look at yourself from an outside perspective perspective and being like uh, that lyric is maybe a little corny you know right and oh i i i fucking agonize over lyrics dude it's it's actually a problem sometimes because it's like I'll I'll throw you throw you something and you're like yeah it's good and I'm just like oh I want to rewrite <laughs> I want to rewrite this I want to rewrite this I want to change this word and it's like you know you can sort of like perfect it up to a point it reminds me of um have you ever seen our dad uh our dad is a painter and he has a bunch of paintings around the house and sometimes I'll go over and he's like literally painting details on a painting that's been on the wall for ten years and I'm like dad. You got to let it Leave lie. Leave it alone. <laughs> you got to let it lie. And he's like, I want to make it better because my potential now is like, I'm, I'm better at my skill now. And it's like, yeah, but so I, I try to remember that when well, I'm it's songwriting, I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to perfect this. But at the same time, you kind of want to leave it in its space and time of like, this is, I don't know. It's a really hard well, balance to find. it's the same thing with bands, right? They're like, oh, we love this song and we have a new recording studio now. So we got to re-record the song again, yeah. you know? And it's like, well... You don't though. Dude, there's a great example. Okay, great example of this. Um, you know the Flame and Groovies? Yes. I've so heard. I went through a little Flame and Groovies stage. Um, and uh, they have a, their biggest song is called Shake Some Action. And there's this like early 1960s recording of Shake Some Actions, What I Need. And it's got this cool like guitar part. And, uh, and it builds. And there's this badass like vintage 60s recording of it. And then they re recorded it. And I want to say like the eighties, maybe late seventies. And it's like clearly with like badass equipment. It like sounds way clearer yeah. and like the vocals are clear and the guitar is clean as fuck. And like, you're like, okay, this sounds like the polished version of it, but I way prefer I the, like the dirty, version of dirty it. shake some acts. So like, yeah, if you have a chance to look it up, look up the older version of shake some action. Like it's, it's like, I I've listened to the two both a million times and I'm just like, God, this is so much like it's dirtier and it's just a better version. And I yeah. know they like got better recording equipment. They're like, dude, we have to like redo it. Dude, and I, I get, get it. That. Cause that was their big song. It's like if we recorded any of our big songs and we're like, Oh, I have to record. But I mean, honestly, I think we should, you know, I like ideally you record a lot of songs like well I mean they were all recorded in my like living room right or not sorry bedroom not even and honestly Stuart like they sound fucking great like we've gotten some real compliments on like like hey hey Charles sounds so huge anyway it's a lot of overdubs I I mean (laughs) it's like a lot of overdubs and like a lot of keyboard shit yeah but yeah I mean it's tough you want to be more honest and I don't want like I don't want the next Radio Keys album to be super stripped down because we're right. basically a power trio with with two vocals is basically what we are. I mean, you play acoustic guitar for maybe like thirty percent of the music, but we're basically a power trio. And if you really think about that, like that's a pretty how are we a power trio? So 
Well, power trio is like guitar, bass, and drum. Okay. I'm thinking trio. three people, yeah. and I'm like, are you leaving somebody out? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so what I was, I was like trying so to say is we're basically a so power sad. trio with two vocals is what I was right. trying okay, to say. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Power trio. So musically power trio, yeah. rhythm, and guitar. So yeah. bass, drums, and guitar. Okay. And then two vocals. And then sometimes um, we have sorry. an acoustic guitar. But right. we don't have a keyboard player. We don't have a, quote, lead guitar player yeah. and a, quote, rhythm guitar yeah. player. Like, we we are basically a power trio right like the who were or like hendrix was you know like so i don't want that to be the album where we're just like the super stripped down band just because that's how we are man you know like i i don't like that approach well that's just how we are man like i want to be able to add what the song entails no like, that's that's the beautiful part about getting in the studio is you can bring a song to its potential and i don't and we've talked about the balance between like you don't want to overproduce it you don't want to get like crazy fucking effects where it's like what like sometimes i listen to songs nowadays and i'm just like what am i hearing like i can't yeah. what the fuck am i hearing like i can't picture like an instrument that's well, making all these is, fucking noises synth is at a you know, at a complete and pinnacle I, I have no, right now. no trouble with, with synth, no trouble with synth at all. But like, I, yeah, I like, I like to be able to kind of pick out, you know, and also as a band, I like to be able to recreate that live. But like, if we had, like, we've talked about having like a horn section on our album. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck not, dude? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're not going to play every show with us. But like, if we can have a horn section on this great, like, I think of like recording a song as like a little piece of history and it's going to like exist past us or whatever, however corny you want to get. And like, if our kids, kids hear it, cool. And it's like, why not bring it to its full potential and add some fucking trombone? No one's gonna why be not? Like, no one's going to be there like 30 <laughs> years from now and be like, oh, well, they didn't radio have a trumpet keys, player live. They actually were a power trio with two vocalists. Like, this no is too. And we're pretty, honestly, like I saw some live videos of us recently and it's like, we're pretty big. We have a pretty big sound. Yeah. Um, well, Tom fills up a lot of space. He does. Yeah, he has a lot. Of, he like <laughs> does a lot with the bass, which fills up a lot of space. It allows me to just chill. And then sometimes I fill up a lot of space. And uh, yeah. I love Alante because he's just always in the pocket. And that's what I love about drummers. Yeah. Not doing too much. Not doing too little. Just always in the pocket, ornamenting. I what feel they like need we to. the way we met him was like such a like fateful like blessing of a meeting. As like we met him through another musician of ours that was briefly in the band and then wasn't anymore and we like kept we had to keep Alante in that breakup well it, wasn't a, it was a mutual breakup sorry like, it wasn't like a so, and breakup I don't mean name. to have it's a not, negative it's not like negative at all I don't think it's negative at all like our buddy Nick was in the band and, and uh, his old he, roommate was Alante and and his old roommate at uh what was the name of the school MI uh, MI yeah Musicians, Musicians Institute, Institute yeah. and um so I was friends with Nick. I've been great friends with Nick for a long time. Me too. And I was, and I moved back here for the first time. And I was like, let's really like try to do a full band thing. And this was when you and I were just a two piece forever. So I was like, let's try to do this full band thing. Let's see what happens. And uh, so we got Nick, we got his friend, Nick, who played bass. And then we got Alante. And um, Alante was um, Nick's roommate at MI. So basically we did this for about five, six months or whatever. And it just, it just didn't feel a hundred percent great. Like I've always been kind of like a lead guitar player, but at, in that iteration, I was just playing acoustic guitar. So it didn't, I didn't really feel like my um, expression was coming out as much in the music because I wasn't able to play lead at all. You know what I mean? And so essentially Nick wanted to, um, kind of find more lucrative bands 
you know, bands where he could make more money. And that's totally fine. Like, obviously, as a professional musician, that's understandable. Like, we're an original band. It's tough for us to pay our musicians. Like, it's a passion project, you know? And um, so, basically, he ended up leaving the band. We talk, Like, he and I talked on the phone. And I was like, dude, it's all good. Like, don't worry. And Nick Davlo was so adorable, dude. He was like, and he's the bass player. And he was like... Hey man, I really love playing with you guys. I just really don't like playing live. Which and is interesting I, to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Nick, dude, like, but that's what we want from you. Like, and he's like, Well, if you want us to play in the studio, like I'd totally play in the studio. It's just I don't I don't really like playing live. And I'm like, dude, Nick, it's all good, brother. Like, it's all good. Don't trip. So basically the Knicks left the band and Emily and I were crushed. Because we were worried that Alante was going to leave the band too. Yeah. So I call Alante and I'm like, hey, man. Uh, so the Knicks don't want to be in the band anymore, but we really want you to still be in the band. He's like, dude, I love playing with you guys. I'm for sure in the band. Oh, and I, he like, he never left. My heart swell. Yeah, he never left. And then we brought Tom in. And we brought Tommy back. And uh, now him and Alante are just the best of friends They're and besties. the best rhythm section in the world. And it's like, I think we all really genuinely enjoy playing. And I've been in bands. Uh, where it you can tell when people and I'm not talking about the Knicks I'm just I'm talking about other bands I've been in like the Mind Readers where you can tell that some people are in it because they're like they want to get paid or they want to like or something weird and it's like some of us are in it because we want to it's a passion music it's a passion project and you and and there's always a rift at some point where it's like oh hey what's what what are we doing here and it's like oh i thought we were all having fun but it's like sometimes you're not it's like that way with all having fun and so and so i feel like with this group it's like we're all we're all fucking family um all four of us and like it feels so good to yeah to get on stage well, and play it's together. About and it's, on the same it's a, page right we're all on the same page yeah. we're all enjoying it it's a yeah it's a love fest um yeah so. like like i think it's so important to be like hey are we trying to get paid here or are we trying to like create here and we're all trying to create well and what's that, amazing is we've taken a lot important. of the uh payment from our last couple shows when we've actually gotten a, a decent payout and we've all agreed as a band it's like let's put this towards the album which is so cool and selfless of everybody and by the time yeah. we start recording it we'll have paid it off which is pretty awesome which is if you've ever recorded an album you know it's really expensive yeah, <laughs> anyway uh let's get into this last tune uh, sorry second to last tune by the sleepwalkers Sorry, Sleepwalkers. God damn, I'm fucking up left and right <laughs> let's get into this second to last tune by sleepwalkers um, this one is one of their newer ones. Um, they just came out with it recently. I think 2018, right? Em? Uh, yeah. So t- 2018 are these last couple of tracks and we're only in we're, right now. We're only in February, 2019. So 2018 to me sounds it incredibly sounds, yeah. recent. So yeah, so that's, that's definitely, yeah, they have yeah. some really cool. So new... they released a bunch of singles. I, I want to hope that they're releasing a new album soon. Like they, they I think said that's what they the were, sign is. but yeah. the, the thing is, is they released these like two, three singles, right. like in 2018. So then I'm like, well, are you guys recording more music? I don't really know. Um, I hope so. I think it's a good sign. I think it means that they probably are. But anyway, this one is called Never Enough. It's off a 2018 single song. called Never Enough.
I actually thought that this song is almost more like synth poppy like dance than the rest of their music, which is yeah. already like that. Um this is sung by Austin. I think it's the first one we've oh, listened the bass to. So, yeah, this is the first oh, one fun. we've heard so far that's yeah. sung by Austin. Yeah. Um, it's uh it's it's sort of got a cool driving dance beat and uh it immediately reminded me of the Bee Gees, as I told you. Yeah. And I hope no one takes shade to that because I'm a huge Bee Gees fan. Um, and it's really more just about the falsetto and that driving drum beat. Um, and the synth is what kind of reminds me of that band specifically. Um, yeah. What song does it sound like? You mentioned a specific It sounds Bee Gees like an song, 80s Bee Gees song called yeah. One. You and I should be one. Um, but if you listen to it, yeah, it's 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 just it's just got that driving drum, it's got synth and it's got high falsetto and then harmonies in the chorus where you're, it's just yeah, it's um and again, just know that I have a huge space in my heart for the Bee Gees. So when I compare a band to the Bee Gees, that is a huge compliment. <laughs> Dude, they have a, they it just has this great like coming of age like summer road trip vibe. Oh, and it yeah. just it just it makes me just really happy. And yeah. that's yeah, and that's that's yeah, that's um It's a great song. That's a dumb way to put it. That's a really dumb way to react to a song. It makes me happy, but it's a very when I say dumb, I just mean it's it's, it's like yummer the, it's, yuck, yeah. <laughs> it's it's visceral. It's like the id coming out and being like, "This song makes me feel good." I don't know why. I don't want to explain it. I just like it. So yeah, that's my uh, I totally get that music one hundred and one. It makes mm. me happy. It makes um, me feel anyway. Good. I wanted to um, to do another quote uh, by Sleepwalkers about. Um, uh, songwriting um, from their ultra interview. Uh, they ask him about uh, sort of uh, their, their concepts and their basically their genre. Um, and they say, uh, we have some songs uh, that are in different movements. Some are about childhood, others about love and heartbreak. It just kind of organically comes about. Uh, there wasn't really a concept. This is about the 2014 album that we discussed. We just had a lot of well-written songs that we have no place on the same record. It could have been any other number of songs, but it happened to be these ones. It was all really experimental. The record came about while we were just hanging out, trying new drum parts or guitar parts. We incorporated a really ride a really wide range of genres. It really came together because of our engineer, Alex, uh, we also their drummer. Uh, we put tons of influences in and he made it all cohesive. After a week's worth of recording, we had the idea to call the record. Yeah. And again, Greenwood shade. Um, so that's, that's specific to their Greenwood shade album that we've been playing. Um, and then we're going to play the last song as well. Um, but I think it speaks a lot to like, when you're talking about genre regarding this band, it's like they want to keep it wide. And we've played three songs so far, I think are, again, consistent, but really show their range. Consistent in production, but right. but like rangy in terms of the style of the song. Style is the, is the word I'm looking for. but and it, and it really shows how impressive they can be when you jump around different styles and you can sort of flourish in that style. You can take, you know, thinking about the road, which sounds like a, like starts off sounding like a fucking Bob Dylan song or something where it's like, Oh, this is a singer songwriter, acoustic guitar song. And then it builds into this really like atmospheric, amazing production. And then, and then, you know, you play that last song, which is just like straight up, like kind of funky, kind of like, uh, yeah just like you said summer like car ride or whatever and it's like exactly what you want coming of age summer road trip (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, i think so they they like speaking of more summer they like totally have like this like innocence to them that is like 
reminds me of Summer of 69 by Brian yeah. Adams. You know, they, they have the this 80s yeah. vibe to them. That's like really hard to quantify. I think it's a little bit of a And synth. it's not it's not like uh, shitty hair metal 80s. No, it's, no. We're talking. Yeah, we're talking. Like I said, Bee Gees 80s. Like the yeah. song I was comparing to them was 1989. It's the discovery of synth. Yeah. Like when, when the eighties came around is when and this all is post disco. Yes. But people still want to dance in a club. And it's kind of in the like end of, it's like the death of disco, but then it's also like bands like Depeche mode coming up where they yeah. with literally th- like three or f- I think there are three key, like keyboard slash synth players. They're like, dun, 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 dun. and, yeah. it, and <laughs> like the thing about the eighties is it was like, the birth of like this multi-track synth recording where you could have like these computer sounds that right. are, you know, coming into play. So then rock and roll was still honest and like, and, and pure, but at the same time you're throwing in these new sensations, like these, these yeah. synth sounds, you know? Yeah. And they kind of have that vibe. And it colorizes the sound yeah. in a way that's really um, exciting and kind of uh, energetic. Because these songs would be great if they yeah. were just bass, guitar, and vocals and drums. Right. But they decide to throw in all this. Um, and it gives them a really unique sound. Yeah. They throw in the synth because they like it and they're yeah. influenced by it. And like we yeah. went over their influences earlier. And yeah. it's like they, they're. It's, it's, it's a huge spectrum. It's very eclectic is yeah. one of my favorite words when it comes and to music. And they're honest. <laughs> like they're honest yeah. too with their stuff, you know? Oh, it's totally honest. Um. But anyway, like I, I think I mentioned it before, we've had a few like computer breakdowns in the middle of this podcast. So hopefully we're not repeating ourselves. I met these guys in LA um, back in the day and they were the kindest people. Like they were so nice and they were so like clearly into the music and they're good friends with Jay Roddy Walston and they're, I, we just wish them all the best. We were super appreciative that they let us use their music for this yeah. podcast and we hope to see them down the road. Like if they're ever in the Bay Area, we'd love well, they, to. So they were touring with the Lumineers back in what, 2016 yep. or something? Um, so yeah, and they were talking about how they were like really uh, learning a lot from the Lumineers um, as far as like being a um, headlining band and like they were like, oh, we're comfortable closing right now, but you know, looking no, towards the cl- future. Sorry, we're comfortable opening yeah. right now, but they're looking towards the future. And um, and I just, I just, I would love to see them really flourish and, and move forward. And hopefully, I mean, we've seen these, what, three or four tracks dropped in 2018. So yeah. hopefully that I'm means. I'm really hoping that it means. I mean, it's, it's, it's early they're 2019. It's February. Media. They're active on social media. I think that means that they have an album coming out hopefully let this me, year. Let me look up their Instagram. Instagram which is like quick. so exciting yeah because like i said we're halfway through 2019 we're like creeping on valentine's day which you know yeah what a so creepy everybody just do me a favor on valentine's day just don't spend any money <laughs> just just fucking spend it stay on wine. spend it on wine you know what we do because i used to waitress and i know that restaurants are a fucking nightmare on valentine's day and i was like tom we're never going out on valentine's day no yeah. like we're staying home we're cooking a fucking feast we'll have some good wine we'll call it what it is it's like a bullshit hallmark holiday um but yeah just if you can take any advice from me it's uh stay home yeah, yeah right <laughs> don't go to a restaurant so their uh sleepwalkers band is their instagram and they're fairly active like i mean they they dropped something a couple days ago so 
They're, I think they're still kicking and doing it. Oh, um, well, um... I don't know what their lineup is looking like now, because we've seen anything from three to five members in their band, but I know the brothers are together, and I'm sure Alex DiGiorn is still there, too. And they, yeah, they talk about, like, um... They talk about like how like it's important as a as a band um, as, as kind of like a they don't use the word brand um, but they wanna they wanna keep pushing out new material um, and content so that is keen. yeah content is keen and and I think that they they really get that um, and yeah so yeah and like I said their their Instagram is really awesome like they they have a bunch of hilarious stories especially when they're on tour like dicking around. Yeah. Like they're, they're adventurous. Like they're always the guy that like, they're the guys rather that like will pull over and stop at like the, the world's like tallest rocking oh, chair yeah, and like shit they like were that. Like, we, you know? We're all interested in history. So I just found the quote that I was talking about. They say the business model of a band should be to release as much music as possible. Our philosophy is put out a record, tour a bit, but don't be slackers when it comes to regular releases. Yeah. I think it's important to put out as much as possible so people don't just lose interest. And that's kind of huge in today's music world. It's like we're, we're living in a world where people are just dropping albums like out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, no, I, I love that's them. That's kind of the I new way the we're idea. doing it. I love them. But I at the same too. time, they have an album in 2014 and then they have like three singles in 2018. So I'm hoping that they actually I think like, they, no, I think they pick are. up and pursue yeah. that because, I mean, it's a long time to not have recordings. Like four years is a long time. But I think also like their first album, um, like many first albums, and it's because it's it, it it lends to why it's so incredible is because it's the songs it's they were writing lifetime. for it's a lifetime yeah. of songwriting and we've again we've talked about it but it's like when a band releases their first album it's like they've probably been musicians for like maybe 10 years yeah. if a little around that time by the time they can finally get uh signed and have somebody record an album for them or like produce their album or like publish it and so those are their like 10 or 12 best songs and over 10 years we've written you know you write 50, 60, 70, 80 songs, and when you record your first album, you go, okay, here's my best 10. Yeah. So that was probably what happened with their 2014. So what I think that they're doing is trying to hopefully avoid that sophomore slump where they don't just go, oh, and in two years, we're going to fucking bust out another one, and it's going to be this. I think they're taking their time. Yeah. That's my positive spin on it. I think they're taking their time, and in 2019, they're well, going to release something the, fire the that they've been really... They, the three songs that they did release are so really good. good. Yeah. yeah they're, they're in the same vein. They're not, they're not identical to their 2014 album, but they're... Yeah, like so they said, I think they said they're taking a step vertically, not laterally. So they're yeah. so what they mean is they're not like changing their up. sound, going sideways. Right. They're trying to bring their that's sound. That's like a like that's like upward. a career yeah. uh wording. You know, we're not doing a lateral move, you're doing a vertical move. Um, but their three songs they released in twenty eighteen are Never Enough, Reasons to Give Up in You and Wake Up. And um yeah, and we I played wanted, Never Enough, obviously, and Reasons to Give Up in You is my was my second choice to play. I actually wanted to give a few shout outs off of their um two thousand fourteen album too, because there were so many good songs off there that we couldn't play because we only play four Honestly, songs. Honestly, listen to the whole thing, but yeah, yeah, go go for it. I really love the songs Run Right Back. I love the song um um Off on the Weekend. Off and, on the Weekend was one of my favorite. And Cocaine is a great song. Yeah. And then um, the 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 last track on this album is the song we're gonna close out with too, and that's that's that was yeah. actually one of my favorites when I was like when I just threw this album on in my car and I was like listening driving the one that piqued my my kind of 
ears the most was really wish i could which is their yeah. last track and that's what we're gonna play last but yeah so we're gonna probably wrap this one yeah, up. we'll wrap it up um we have a little bit of radio keys news uh super fun stuff uh we finally found our engineer for our album that we're going to be recording at Prairie Sun in April Studios in late April. His right. name's Nate. Uh, fuck, I can't remember his last name, but his name's Nate. Great dude. We had like a meeting with him, um, Tommy and I, and uh, it just went really well. It felt really positive. It felt like he was invested in the invested in it, and um, so we're really excited to be recording. And that's going to be late April that we're going to be at Prairie Sun. Um, and then the next thing is we have a big show. Um, coming up February 22nd, and that's at the Starry Plow. In Berkeley. That's a Friday night. And that's going to be with Tay and the Jang Ladaws opening. It's kind of like a female-fronted uh, vocalist Badass. Um, yeah. lineup. So all lineups are female-fronted and, and, vocalists. Well, vocalists and uh, music, musicians, <laughs> too, not just vocalists. Uh, yeah, guitar players and piano players and all that stuff. Yeah, but so I mean, I, I think the point is, women. I think the point is that they're all lead singers who are, I mean, they all play other instruments too, but the point is they're all lead I singers. I say front women. Yeah, front yeah, women. But yes. That's the way to look at it. So front women, uh, it's it's Tay and the Jangla Dawes, and we'll play, um, Roxy Rawson plays after us, and then a band called La Dee Da Headlines. Yeah, we've met them. They're great. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, Starry Plow on the 22nd. And then on the 24th. We have two events. We have two events. Yeah. We have, um, we have a... Well, you say the first one. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a radio show called the Hangover Session, and we have links in our uh, in our bands in town. We'll also have a link in our website, and right. you'll be able to find that at radiokeysmusic.com. Um, and it's basically a ra- uh, a radio keys performance for I think thirty minutes on this show called the Hangover Sessions. And it might be acoustic. It might have some more stuff to it. I need to call him and really nail down what he's expecting from us. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to cruise out to uh, Petaluma, Petaluma and play a three-hour gig at Lagunitas Brewing Lagunitas Company. Brewing Company, which is obviously Lagunitas is uh, started in Petaluma. So this is their kind of original location. And I've definitely and, uh, had many Lagunitas beers in my life. And so. I hope I hope everyone has because they're amazing. And we, yeah, we uh, we saw our friends play this gig, uh, Muncie, a few months back. And we were like, we want to play this. It's a lot of fun. It's like a Sunday afternoon. There's a ton of locals there, a ton of families, just people drinking beer. Um, and we get to play for three hours, so yeah. that's really fun. And then that night, we're having an Oscars party. And our Oscar tradition, <laughs> well, at least it was mine. I used to do it all the time. Um, I've probably done it like four or five years in a row, and I haven't done it with you specifically. I've done it with you a couple times, but right. I like to make fish tacos, and I like to drink Coronas yeah. for the Oscars. Well, it's like a five-hour fucking I don't know thing. Why. So, so you like have to drink Coronas. You it's can't really drink, long. Like, yeah, you can't, and yeah you can't be drinking wine or whatever. So yeah, that's that's really fun. I, I'm a sucker for, for the Oscars. I think it's yeah. fun. I've only seen one film, and it was Bohemian Rhapsody, and it was fucking great. You saw it on the plane. So I'm rooting for that, even though I have no uh, nice. frame of reference. Did you cry at all? Then? On the other, definitely cried. <laughs> oh, 100% <laughs> cried. Yeah, think about you know Freddie Mercury's that, life, and think about all the, the times you would cry. The timeline wasn't perfectly. No, the timeline was completely wrong. But like, like he's like, hey guys, I have AIDS. <laughs> Let's play the Live Aid concert, and they're like, what? Is that what happened in the movie? Yeah, in the movie, yet. he yeah. tells them before they play Live Aid, and then they play, and it's almost like a reason for them to play Live Aid because yeah. they weren't going to do it, and then they ended up doing it. But like, what I love about that I film is that like they announce it to like years after he well he didn't know during yeah, live aid that he know. had it so that's yeah. that's infactual that's just incorrect but 
I will say that like they recreate Live Aid and I was like, okay, they're going to do like Isn't a like tit for tat. Like everything is like everything's perfect. And they, and they, I was like, okay, they'll do like a song. They did like four songs just straight through. Like it was just like a little mini concert at the end of this film. And like Rami Malek just fucking kills it. Yeah. So yeah, I recommend it. Um, Dude, I definitely laugh. I laughed and cried. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should definitely watch the yeah. real Live yeah. Aid. Cause it's like, he does our Radio Gaga and uh, did did Lady Gaga pull her name from that at all? No, no, she did. I heard that she, she did. must have. Yeah, right? I, I was that like, that's a, like I was like listening. I was like, oh. I heard that she got the name from Radio Gaga. I Radio could be completely Gaga. wrong, but I, that's Radio what I heard. Radio blah blah. Yeah, it's a great song, and yeah, they they kill and they recreate Live Aid in the way, and it's a huge audience, and like they even have all the beers and like Pepsi on like the <laughs> on, yeah, like, the and piano I, I think and they just probably had like like. 10 rows of people and then they multiplied it. You know how film can do that? But like, yeah. it looks, it looks really good. So I, I recommend You've it. watched the Live Aid concert before, right? Uh, yeah, with you. Well, the Queen. Set. The Queen one. Yeah. There's a historically bad Led Zeppelin one. Oh, because they played it. Yeah, they played it with, uh, what's his name? I can feel it coming in. The- oh. oh, fuck. What the fuck is his name? Um, Who? Oh, Phil Tom's Collins. over there. Yeah, Tom's, Tom's over on there the couch. Phil, Phil Collins. Collins. <laughs> yeah, he plays drums, and then it's uh, the three surviving members of Led Zeppelin. And I don't know what's up with Robert Plant, but his voice sounds so fucked up. And I saw like, well, it's the '80s, right? So, so it's yeah. kind of po- post Led Zeppelin. But I've heard, I, I've heard rumors. I'm not 100 percent it's true, but I've heard rumors that they actually sped up the old recordings to make it sound higher. So it's that could weird. be true. Um, Robert yeah. Plant has trouble hitting those high notes live. Even in the 70s, he has troubles hitting those high notes live. Dude, the high notes he hits are insane. Yeah, I've heard that they speed it up slightly, which, you know, obviously would bring the... Bring him yeah, to, bring the, the pitch to the right. Um, we've been drinking too much wine because we've re-recorded this too many times tonight. It's been but, about a three-hour yeah. ordeal. Um, but we did have... Can we call out... Wait, what? Can we call out the wine we had? Yes. So Tom, uh, Tom brought, <laughs> because he's the provider of this family. He's the provider. Um, he brought a 2007, which if you're a Napa person, is one of the most like esteemed vintages in Napa Valley. It's like 2007 is like gold as far as like just the perfect vintage, the perfect year. Um, so if you have 2007 anything, that's a treat. So he brought home a 2007 Behringer cabin. Behringer is one of the older uh, wineries. I think it's in the top 10 oldest. And I think it's one of the only ones that maybe was open during prohibition. I can't remember, but, um, yeah, they're old school. They, they produce a lot of, uh, shitty white Zen now, but they have some really good reserves as well. So we had a 2007, um, as a treat right before we kicked this off. So it's been a good, uh, it's been one of those nights when you're like, Oh, you know, it feels definitely, good to... <laughs> we definitely drink more wine than we generally spoiled. do on this <laughs> podcast, but we're just because spoiled. of like... Yeah. It, like We were spoiled. Yeah. My, so I just got uh, a new computer to replace my old one. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I've been through this uh, rough patch in January where like all of my shit broke down. And uh, I just got the new computer. So it's been doing some, uh, some uh, erroring out like things in the middle of recordings which is a bummer, but I'm going to troubleshoot it and figure it out. But yeah, tonight we uh, definitely had to re-record a bunch of sections, which is a bummer because well, it kind of... I, I try to look at it positively and be like, it's a second chance um, yeah. because a podcast is so like off the cuff, you know, it's so like we're just totally. literally having conversations. So sometimes we'll start talking about like 
a fucking 1970s album that we haven't researched and it yeah. like sounds dumb because we don't really know what we're talking about. So it's 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 kind of fun to have a a second chance at talking about or you're just trying to describe a sound. But you also lose sound. some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, you lose you some, some good some stuff. Good stuff. You de- we definitely lost some cool stuff and some cool conversations. Um, but you also are able to describe things maybe a little clearer too. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget when we really quickly I'll say when we uh, recorded uh, I think it was well, not, not all the people in your no no it was uh, it was um, unchanged tough love tough love we yeah. recorded tough love in a studio in Santa Barbara in Stewart's old college at UCSB and uh, we like recorded it we took a few hours we did some like uh, backup vocals of like us like talking shit or yelling like. It was so Bottle funny. breaking. It was just it, like this what background What song music. was it modeled after? It, it was, was modeled after after a classic song. I think I it was. Can't a, I think it was like a Ray Charles song. It wasn't Marvin Gaye's "Got to Give It Up" when it was just people. No, talking it in was. The it was literally like. Oh, uh, it was a, no! It was an Otis Redding song. It was um, the one where she's like, "Otis, you so oh, fucking um, blah blah blah," like talking where? shit on him. Oh, it's um, it's trash. Oh fuck. But anyway, it, yeah. it's like a classic Otis Redding song where yeah. the the female vocalist is like. I'm yeah, yeah, she's oh, like shitting on him. She's yeah. like shitting on him the whole. She's like, you ain't even got a bankroll in your yeah. pocket. Yeah. So and we're like, okay. we're gonna do this this song where like we're talking shit on each other, and um, basically the premise of the song is I don't like her boyfriend and I'm letting her know, and she's like, I don't give a fuck what you think. It's like the premise of the song. So in between our our verses, we had like a shit we we're just gonna have thing. like some yeah. like shit talking like t- like spoken shit. Yeah, and it like probably added like. 90 seconds to the song and it didn't really do anything for the song so like we so recorded we, so we it recorded it we felt really good about it and then we like like took i didn't a, feel took great a, about we, it actually well, we took a break and we came back and it was all deleted yeah. and so so but anyway my point is that like sometimes a second chance when shit gets deleted is like a yeah. blessing so so anyway we'll uh we'll wrap it up uh yeah. but please listen to listen to sleepwalkers yeah uh, not the sleepwalkers yeah, don't fuck that up damn it we've been doing that yeah yeah. Um, so I, this song, I think they have, I think this is where they're really at the height of their power with their harmonies. Um, and they're such yeah. a good, uh, again, harmony it starts band. Yes. They work really hard on it and it, and it starts again with like an acoustic guitar and a singer kind of thing. And it's really kind of had that singer songwriter vibe. And then it just fucking builds in this atmospheric sort of incredible. It reminds me sound. of like, uh, across the universe by the Beatles. Like it has that yeah. same kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Like beautiful four part harmonies. Um, and then it kind of goes through this whole song structure and then it has this really interesting change into the outro. So about three and a half minutes in, it goes, da, 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 and it kind of like leads into this outro, yeah. which is like this super chill vibe. And it has like this super cool, uh, guitar line is like yeah. and it yeah it just rides out for the rest of the song and, and i just think it's a, a really great tune it's one of the ones that stands out to me like i said I, it i think it has a very strong beatles vibe to it, it it's right. not as synthy as their other uh ones synth you know synth pop lines but it has a lot of beautiful acoustic guitar beautiful harmonies and um as always they they just they just kill it with that so. Yeah, and I I love how uh, and they've said it and we've quoted them, but I love how uh, much um, importance they place on the vocal tracks and the harmonies mm-hmm. because I think that that really is what any whether you're a musician or not, you kind of attach yourself to the. I feel like the vocals and the lyrics come through right away. 
um, whoever you are. And so they really put an importance on that. And then they have this amazing kind of backdrop um, of support of these incre this incredible instrumentation. So anyway, they're just incredible. And uh, so the last song we're going to play is uh, off Greenwood Shade, their 2014 album. It's called Really Wish I Could by Sleepwalkers. And we're going to keep searching for that sweet, sweet soul, soul music. music. Thanks, everyone. I'm watching every day. 